Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday, March 9th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by my co-host for the final Tuesday, Cole, with me and you, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna, uh, to suck without you, man. I've got to be honest. But uh, Cole's here today to break down UFC Fight Night, uh, UFC Vegas 21, Edwards versus Muhammad. It should be a pretty good card. But uh, Cole, I just wanted to say thanks, man. For like the last two years, you've been great co-host, dude. And we, obviously, I didn't, you know, Cole, we've talked, we didn't want you to leave the show, but the timing is going to be difficult. So we'll see how it goes, man. But you have an open invitation as we talked about, Cole. So first off, I mean, how's everything going with you, man? I mean, obviously, you know, your podcast is doing really great now with BJ Penn. Like, I'm glad that, that you parlayed that to that, Cole. And what else are you have uh, coming up these days, Cole? What are you up to? Still just busy doing all the MMA, doing the CBC stuff, which last me to do MMA full time. But yep. yeah, still busy as always. So your goal is to you you want to be full time like you want to you want to kind of just do it for your whole career right like no more of the uh, the CBC thing Cole is that your goal kind of just to do MMA? It doesn't really matter. Like if CBC offered me a full time job, I'd yeah, still do BJ Penn on the side and yep. just I don't think I'd ever leave MMA even if CBC gave me full time. Like I'd still want to be part of it if a full time job in MMA came up. I'd take it. It's really just whoever offers full time really. But I I am still making enough right now. Just for oh yeah, time. Cole's doing great. And you guys. I mean, we, we can say enough good things about Cole on here. Um, he's a great journalist. And Cole, you're 22? Yeah, 22 this in September, so 21. 21 years old, guys. He's got 10 years plus on me. So, Cole, you're going to have a great career in this business. Dude, think about it. I'm 32, and I finally got a full-time job after piecing together freelance for the last 10 years. So you're going to do really well, Cole. And you got some nice comments here. Alex Dorrington says, best of luck to you. And uh, Kevin Scott says, you'll be missed, Cole. Hope you see the chat going forward. Yeah, I think Cole's still going to join the chat, hopefully, guys. But it's just that Cole Cole interviews tons of fighters, and he needs you know his office space to do those interviews. So the fact that I have to do it after my shift, I was going to be difficult. Anyways, just wanted to get that out of the way, Cole. But you know we love you here, Cole. Um, I didn't really get your thoughts on on everything that happened at UFC 259. So maybe just while people are going to you know get into the chat, like – can I get your thoughts on Yan and Sterling? I don't know if you, if you gave uh, your thoughts. I can't remember you talked about it in the chat, but what, what were your thoughts in the situation? Now, Sterling, I saw that you had wrote the article last night Kevin, based on Kevin Aioli's thing. Why don't you talk about it, Cole? Yeah, I just think there has to be some sort of new rule. Maybe that's something – I don't think a title should change hands by DQ. Like, I would be totally fine if, look, fight's over, Yan just stripped, those two run back for vacant belt. I just don't really – like Sterling said he didn't want to be the champ that way. I think people are kind of calling him out on that just after everything he's kind of said and did after that. But I just, to me personally, like, I don't think, I think it really, you either DQ him, you give him the loss and the title just goes vacant or the rep just says no contest. Let's just run this thing back. And Yan like retains, but it's really not a title defense. Like, it's just like the fight never happened and they just do it again later on. Like I personally didn't like seeing the title change hands by DQ, but maybe that's just my opinion. I agree with you too. Here's the thing. Um, and I talked about Saturday. I said, I wish they just called it the no contest. The problem with that is because it was in the fourth round, it would have went to the scorecards. Yeah. So Yan would have won the title, I believe, via split decision, if I'm, if I'm mistaken. Which is crazy people had stir. I had Yan winning every single round. I got to ask you about that because my tweet came on TV and I think DC read it. And it's like I said 30-27 Yan and I was the only guy who had that scorecard. And, you know, I've actually had a lot of people reach out and say, dude, you were the only guy scoring the fight correctly because, Cole, I'm sorry, but I know Sterling did well in that first couple of minutes of the first round. He got get dropped. dropped. Yeah, that round is not yours. The second round, I guess, could have went maybe. I have to watch it again, but. I thought I thought Yang controlled nearly every round of the fight. So and 
Sterling was like one of 18 on takedowns. Can you believe? Yeah, it actually was seven of seven. Yeah. Sterling was one of 17. I was reading yesterday. Cole, can you believe that? And the thing too, like I saw Demetrius Johnson's tweet about it and it makes a lot of sense. He's like, at that point, like Sterling's just kind of buying time. Like he's yeah. not making in a rush to get up or fall to his back. Like he's like, it was kind of a trap. Like he's literally standing there. Like if I get hit, I know that's like, I'm going to become the champion. Like, uh, like, either the ref has to say at that point, because what's the answer to do? Just kind of stand there and just, yeah. like he can't hit him at all, really. Like, because his, his arms are over his body. is the only point of contact he can hit is his head. So either the ref says, Stern, you got to go to your back or you got to get up. Because it was just in, like, that was basically the only place Yan could hit him. I was wondering if guys could just walk around the octagon on their knees now, Cole, like, just so they won't get hit with an illegal shot. Listen, he screwed up. He It cost him his belt. I mean, that's that's as bad as it gets. I just think that, you know, if you're not, if you're one of those people saying there's no controversy here and that, you know, the rules were followed, that, you know, you got to relook at what the sport's about. It's about deciding who the best fighter in the world is. And uh, there's no chance at health Sterling's the best fan of weight. It's not his fault this happened, obviously. Um, this is a great point by Kevin. One good thing about title going Sterling is that he gets paid championship money in the rematch. I think it's a nice punishment award for hard to call him a champ. Yeah, I think, I just think he's such a paper champ. Like, there's some people that are his fans kind of saying, hey, Sterling, you didn't do anything wrong. Like, you know, might as well enjoy a bell while you have it. I get that. But to me, he's the worst champion in UFC history. Call already said it. I, I, I stand by it. It's not really his fault. I just don't think he deserves to be the champion. To me, this is worse than when uh, Randy Couture and Vitor Belfort fought. And Vitor cut Randy's eyelid with, like, his glove or whatever. And, and the fight ended in 40 seconds and Vitor won the belt. That was, like, one of the most controversial calls um, ever. And then, I mean, although it was the right call, this is kind of the same thing, I guess. It is what it is, Cole. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about from, from the card yesterday? I, I don't know if I got your scorecard in Yon and Israel. How did you I, – I had it – you had for Israel? Don't tell me. Did you? No, I had a 3-2 Yon. Okay, I, <laughs> I thought it was closer 4-1 Yon than it would have been 3-2 Izzy. Like, I didn't see a way Izzy won three rounds. I could have saw a way you give Yon four. And do you think that a lot of the people that were scoring it for Israel were kind of too um, reliant on the commentary from DC and Rogan? They were just listening to that, not really concentrating on the fight or – yeah, like I was watching with the three of my buddies, and so we have one of my friends' house, and like two two of them are big MMA fans. One's just like, yeah, uh, he just kind of comes along to drink beer and hang out. But even he's like, he's like, isn't the guy in the uh, isn't isn't uh the, the the bigger guy winning? And we're like, yeah. He goes, so why are they saying that guy's winning? I'm like, oh, it was uh, the most biased commentary you've ever heard. I think. And even my one friend that's not even MMA fan knew Jan was winning. Yeah, it was. He obviously won the fight. Um, but you know, I just hope the UFC does look at the the commentary team going forward. You know, Cole. I think obviously Anik and Fitzgerald are are mm -hmm. great. Um, Felder's great. Bisping's great. Cruz is pretty good too. He's kind of grown on me a little bit. But and I think there's a couple other guys like uh, Smith, Kiesa. Although I don't know if they do they're doing that uh, table side duties, but. I love DC. I think Marcel, he's been said it a few times now. He's kind of like your uncle at the barbecue, Cole. Like, yeah. he cracks jokes. He's a guy that – it's almost like he was in your bedroom or your uh, living room with you, Cole, watching the fight with your friends and you having some beers. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's what we really want. I think we want someone that's more technical on, on TV. I've been watching a ton of tape lately, guys, um, of old fights, you know, preparation, especially for this card tonight. And we're going to break down here. And, you know, Brian Stan, even Dan Hardy, who we talked about yesterday, Cole, they explain the techniques and stuff in their fights, and they do a great job of it. And yes, Dan went a little overboard with her being, and we know what happened now. But uh, I thought he did a great. I thought Brian Stan was one of the best guys. Cool. I think Joe Rogan was great. I'm just not, I don't learn anything from them when I watch anymore. Like they're just basically entertainment now. You know what I mean, Cole? Anything? Any thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I think DC's better without Rogan. I think those two together just kind of feed off each other. They just ham it up, eh? They just ham yeah. it up, and there's, you know, listen, they're having a good time. I, I, I like that they're having a good time, but they're being paid well to um, have knowledge and research. And, you know, when Rogan's like, hey, Jan, you know, are you ever going to go back to middleweight? I mean, that's just really bad, Cole. Or when DC says, Jan's never fought five rounds before. I mean, that's stuff that basic information, Cole. You know, these are guys that are sitting in the commentary booth. It's kind of embarrassing, if you ask me, but it is what it is. Um, Got this comment from uh, Kevin. Worst champ ever, Nico Montano. Like to have a word with you. Yeah. But at least she won tough. She looked amazing on tough. We'll at least give her that, you know. Okay, cool. Um, anything else on the card? Is there anything else you want to say? Actually, you know what, Cole? One other thing I you mentioned, the bonus thing. They they took a bonus last week, and then they had 15 fights. Why not give another bonus? What do you think, Cole? Yeah, you could have given it to a lot of people. I agree with you that if – Israel got the decision he would have got a bonus for that exact same fight like if somehow the judges just said Adesanya won that fight Adesanya would have got a performance bonus because that's literally his Brad Ferris fight it went the distance thank you it it's, wasn't it's very similar it fight. wasn't a performance worthy bonus it was a good win but yeah I agree with that and you know I watched the Kai, Kai fight back yesterday after we talked about it so my friend his name is Kai so we watched it because he's just it's his favorite fighter he didn't watch it on Saturday and I got I actually kind of I think I was a little harsh on him yesterday, Cole, because he did show amazing submission defense. I just think that if you're losing four minutes and fifty seconds of the round, then you land a Hail Mary punch. Is that really, you know, is that really a better performance than a guy like Yawn, who just beat one of the guys that everyone said was never gonna lose? I don't know. All right, Cole, that's it for uh, two fifty nine. Unless there's anything else you want to mention, we're gonna move on from it. Anything else? Nope. All right, let's go to next card. UFC fight night, Edwards Muhammad. I'm gonna pull it up here, Cole and Topology. Just you know, for, as a whole, what do you think of the card? Yeah, it's obviously all right. I think this card had to make it be a great fight night. Edwards, Shamayev, Rosenstruck gone, and then Hall, Ige is your top three fights, and now it's now it's not, but it, it's still an okay fight card. It's way better than next week's card, which is not good. Yeah, I agree with that, too. This You mentioned that, too. You're like the 20th card. This one's okay. I mean, listen, there's some good – there's actually some real bangers on the, on the prelims. I – I just think I just wish they were more consistent. Like last week was so stacked that like the prelims call some of those like Kenny Cruz could have easily been a five round you know fight night headliner in my opinion. You know what I mean, Cole? So it's just kind of weird how some cards are so stacked and then some like this are kind of weaker. But there are some fights on here that are interesting. Let's start off here in the UFC welterweight division. Cole, we got Jason Witt against Matthew Semmelsberger. Uh, right now we got Matthew Semmelsberger against uh, minus one twenty five and Jason Witt plus one hundred five. Give your pick. I, I like the underdog here, Jason Witt. I don't think you can really be high on either guy. Like, Matty Summelsberger beat Carlton Minus, who is in that conversation as the worst UFC fighters to go down. Like, he literally had no power on his punches. He came from that Alaska FC, just a padded record. And then Jason Witt, obviously that... I don't really put too much stock into his debut. Like, he took the fight, I think it was like 48 hours notice. And then the day of the event, like 10 minutes before he's supposed to walk out, they're like, oh, wait, your medicals aren't cleared yet. We're just going to kind of just keep on training. You're not really going to know when you're going to fight, which which really messes with someone, especially making their UFC debut. Like you're told you're going to fight at like 730 and then they're like 722 comes around. They're like, you might be now, you might be an hour later. Like how do you even really get prepared? And then look good against Cole Williams. But again, that's Cole Williams. How do you really look impressive? I just think Jason Woods grappling is going to be different. So I think he can probably just take down Matthew Summersberg. I think he can push a hard pace, but I would not be surprised if he just can't get inside and Summersberger just jabs his face off for three rounds. But I'll pick Jason Witt, but I don't really know how you'd be confident in either guy. Okay, so I told Cole this yesterday. I did all my tapes study yesterday, guys. I locked myself in my room. I turned off Twitter and I just I studied all the tapes. So I watched both these guys really closely. Um, my thoughts on these guys, and you know, 
I don't know if I have um, my like actual pick right now, but I'll give my leans for these fights because we still have like five days, Cole. Obviously, we have the weigh-ins and stuff. But you know, for this fight, Cole, I actually lean towards Samuelsberger, um, and there's a few reasons for that. He's a younger guy. He's six years younger. Watching him, he's just a lot bigger, Cole. He's got a five-inch reach advantage in this fight. UFC stats doesn't list his reach, guys. It is 75 inches. I did see that in one of his uh, – I think the Carlton Minus fight showed it. I don't know why the UFC stats website isn't updated. And there is another mistake for one of their, their fighters later that I'll talk about. They, I keep seeing mistakes. Screw them, though, Cole. I'm not going to – they don't have a contact list. I'm not going to go on Twitter every time I see a mistake and complain about it. So if you guys listen to this podcast, you're going to catch the mistakes that I'm seeing on the UFC stats websites, and you're going to know that, and you're going to have an edge when you uh, – and you place your wagers. So, you know, Cole, I just, I, I think Jason Witt has got a weak chin. I mean, quite frankly, he's been knocked out a bunch of times, guys. And the fight with Sato, yes, it was short notice, Cole. I don't know if anything changes, though. Like, if he gets punched in the face with a straight left, he's going to get KO'd, I think, again. I, I keeps his hands pretty low, too. Um, Semmelsberger is, is, listen, he's not, um, there's there's a, some problems with him here. He's not um, the most experienced guy, you know. Um, his camp, crazy 88s or whatever in Maryland. Like, there's no one else that's a UFC fighter that trains with him. So that's an issue. But I like what I've seen from this kid. He's an aggressive fighter. He's got power. He's a big guy, a former football player. He was he was a prospect that potentially make the NFL, didn't make it. But, you know, now he's in MMA, and he's doing pretty well, Cole. And, you know, I um, I just think which chin is going to be a huge problem, Cole, in that reach. I can't – I don't think he's going to get around it. Having said that, if he gets takedowns, he's going to win this fight. There's no doubt about it because – we saw against Cole Williams how dominant Jason Witt is on the ground. But yeah. I got to be honest with you, Cole. That was almost like you were in the octagon. Cole Shelton was fighting him because that guy sucks. Cole Williams is the worst fighter ever probably in the UFC. He missed weight by five pounds twice and got destroyed twice, Cole. He's a bad fighter. He's not a UFC fighter. So I don't know what I can take away from that. And watching his other fights, like I watched the Zach Boucher fight, he looked okay in that fight. didn't look great. You know, to me, it's a guy that, you know, is a, is a quality veteran. He's a good gatekeeper for this kind of uh, level. Guy like in Semmelsberger, but I, I like the prospect here a little bit, guys in Semmelsberger. So, you know, that's another fight I'm going to look into more. But from right now, I like Semmelsberger and the whole, you know, the James Cross thing. We got to talk about it quickly. Don't blindly just bet on James Cross's fighters, guys. Yeah. Seriously. Um, I did it with Kevin Kroon the other week. I was like, I trust his process. And we saw what happened. It didn't look good in that fight. Yes, I, it worked with Derek Minner. I, I got that one right. But Megan Anderson, tons of people were like, the James Cross angle, Cole. Yes, it worked with Tim Mellie. It doesn't mean it, it's, it's, it, it doesn't mean it's going to win every time. So, if you're just saying, oh, he's training with James Cross, that means he's got a better camp. He's going to beat this guy. you got to look into it deeper, deeper. Go ahead, Cole. It's the same thing, what, like two years ago with Safe Saud, everyone is betting for this guy's in three years ago with City Kickboxing when all those yeah. guys came up. It was, it's the exact same thing that happens every year. Someone goes, that's that's the best coach. Let me just pick all his fighters. Absolutely. So just be careful about it a little bit, guys. Like, again, you know, it's a close fight. The line is close for a reason. But Semmelsberger does have more upside here, I believe. Okay, next up, we got Gloria DePaul against Jin Yu Frey, Cole, in the women's uh, – 115 pound division right now we have uh, gloria de paula she is minus 185 jinyu freight plus 160 who's your pick i like gloria de paula i'm just not too high jinyu freight i just think she got to the ufc a bit too late she's already 35 like i think she's on that downward slide i picked answer in both her ufc fights uh like she obviously has some good wins in uh invicta beating ashley cummins but she really doesn't have like uh, an outstanding win on his, her career but with uh the paula like I, she did get the win on contender series oh, i didn't know how good she was going to be entering that fight but i just think she can probably just out grapple jenny frey here like i just don't really see a path for jenny frey like i just i think she's going to be a lot slower than DePaula there like i don't the way hansen submitted her like that's kind of scarier just because she was up two rounds and she gets tapped out in the third round but 
it's a it, the line I think is a bit too high because Jinu Frey is probably the more is the more experienced fighter. But I do like Dupal slightly, but I'm not really sure I'm going to place a bet on this one. Did you watch the video I sent you last night? Yeah. What did you think? Oh uh, wait, which one? The the minute long fight? Yeah. What do you think? Gloria DePaula against what was it? What was that fight? Um, Funnier name right here, Raphael. You know what? Let's just play it. Let's play it right now. I'm gonna play it right here. One sec. Gloria DePaula versus Raphael. And I know that this girl is not good, guys. I get that, but what's that? What's what's her name called? Raphaela or something? Yeah. What is it? Can you spell it for me? Sorry. Yeah, it is. Uh, R A F A E L A Rodriguez. Okay, I got it. I think I got it. Got it. Okay, let's play this. So again, you know, this is what you get when you really study on these fights. You look on YouTube and look at their old fights. Now let's watch this one, guys. Hopefully, you don't get a uh, what was it called? Cole? Uh, copyright claim, like when I played Struve and Stoyanich last week. Can you guys hear it or no? Can you hear it, Cole? No, it's fine. okay. Okay, that's fine. We don't need to hear it. But just watch this one, guys. Watch this girl. This is the Paula here on the left. What I like about her Muay Thai, her length, her her power. I mean, like in this fight was just brutal. Like you can just see her just brutalize this girl to clinch. Um, she's actually dating Myra Blano da Silva, yeah. who's in the UFC as well. Who I, you guys know I like as well. I like this girl, guys. I really like her. I wish the line was lower. Um, it opened at minus one thirty three according to Best Buy. That's cool. I would have loved it at the, that mm-hmm. price. Minus one eighty five. It makes it a bit trickier because of the lack of. Um, experience and and she does have some issues with her takedown defense too from what i saw she could get taken down and, and held her but Jin Yu Frey is a tiny girl cole like she should be fine at 105 i know she's strong she's very strong she's also a lot older in this fight cole everything points to Paula, man you guys just i just showed you guys her fight from brazil she does have a couple losses grappling based losses to ufc fighters uh former ufc fighter DePaulo, i believe in and, and then carnalosi so that is something to keep in mind but to me, that's something to keep in mind going forward against a grappler, Cole. Like, if she fought Carla Sparza, that would be a problem. You know what I mean? This fight, I like her here, Cole. I really like her, guys. So, I like the Paula. I hope the line goes down. That's what I'll say. There are some other books with a minus 160 I'm seeing floating out there. So, that's not a bad line. Um, I, I would just need her. Like, I'm going to play her at some, uh, in some capacity, I believe. I just hope the line gets a little better. That's all. Phrase too inactive, doesn't pull the trigger, sign of age. Dude, she just she didn't look good at all in those fights. The first round against Kay Hansen, she did actually look good, Cole. And then that was it. And the fight with Loba and Luke Boomi, she got pretty much um, dominated for three rounds. So, you know, she's got good cardio. She's got a lot of experience. There's no doubt about it. I just, there's not enough to like about her. I do like the other side here, guys. Good morning, guys. Thoughts on Carlos Felipe and Jay Collar? Oh, of course. Well, we're breaking on this card, man. But we did talk about that a little bit with Marcel the other day, Cole. And uh, the battle of the big boys, Cole. I guess Felipe should probably be the favorite in that fight if I had to guess, Cole. You'd agree with that? Yeah. All right, let's get to the next fight, Cole. What, now I have to pull up the page again, guys. It's like uh, Edwards, Mohammed. Uh, Martinez Grant. Thank you, Cole. Davy Martinez and Jonathan – sorry, Davy Grant and Jonathan Martinez, excuse me. I, by the way, I love this fight. This could easily be fight of the night, guys. This is a sick fight. Uh, Jonathan Martinez right now, Cole, big favorite, minus 325. Davy Grant plus 265 and quickly – Valerie says Paul at the finish, and I'm kind of thinking the same thing, Valerie, but uh, like the Lemos fight last week, we all thought it was going to decision, and she was just so much bigger and stronger. Cole, what are your thoughts on this fight? Uh, I'm surprised this is the fight. I thought Jonathan Martinez would get someone a bit more known, especially after being Tom Salmeida, who has a bit of a name. Davey Grant's a guy that entering that Gregory Popov fight, like he was fighting for his EOC job two fights ago, and then he edges out a split, really close fight, and then that Martin Day knocks him out. I think we were both on 
Yeah, we both are granted as a dog. Mm-hmm. But that fight, although it was a good knockout, that's what kind of scares me. Like, he's a grappler. Like, his best attribute is a grappler. And you see time and time again, when a grappler gets that big one-punch knockout, all of a sudden they think they can stand with everyone. And if he, if that's his game plan where he just stands, Jonathan Martinez is just going to pick him apart. Jonathan Martinez is a much better technical striker, just going to kick his leg, use a jab, just kind of get inside, piece up Grant, and then get out again. I do think – I think Grant will try to take him – try to take him down. I don't think he'll be able to. I think Martinez will be able to keep this standing and just kind of pick apart Davier for as long as it lasts. I think it's going to go the distance. I'm not, I don't really think Jonathan Martinez has a whole lot of uh, finishing ability that penguin Lou, like that was just like a perfectly timed knee. And then Frankie signs, like he beat Frankie signs by finish. Is that really impressive? But I'll go Jonathan Martinez by decision. Well, okay, so I watched the tape on these guys yesterday. You guys already know I like Martinez a lot. Bet on, you had a bet on him last night uh, against Almeida Cole. He was like may, maybe minus 150, but maybe less than that. It was a great, great bet. Um, the guy's great. He's got great strike. He's a young guy. He's got uh, a lot of age here advantage, 26, I think, to 35. So that's a huge advantage. Um, very active. He's got that flying knee that we've seen against uh, Ping Wan Lu, I believe. A brutal flying knee in the third round. So he's got cardio. He should have beat Andre Ewell. Almost every media yeah. member scored it for him. Um, I watched the fight again, Cole. He should have won two to one. It was one of those fights where Ewell did this thing at the last 10 seconds and the ju- dumbass judges in Texas gave him the round, Cole. That's what happened. He did a flurry with 10 seconds left. I was like, really? They actually scored him for I can't believe it. So this dude should be on a five-fat win streak right now, guys. So he's very good. Here's the thing. Davey Grant doesn't fight, right? So I, I, I kind of forget what he's like and stuff, even though we were on him in his last fight. I remember the fight. He actually got dropped, by the way, in that fight and then came back and won in the third round. Cole, he's actually a really good fighter. I watched his fights again. Davey Grant's a very good fighter. He's very good. He's well-rounded. He's got pretty good striking. He's got really good wrestling. Tough, durable. It's just that he's too inactive and he's older now. So I think this fight's probably going to be actually a little bit tougher for the Martinez side than, than people think, to be honest with you, Cole. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if I can pull the trigger on, on Grant as a dog, even though I do think that there's a path here with him taking him down and holding him. I just don't know if he can get it down consistently, Cole. And on the feet, yes, he does surprisingly have a little bit of power and could test Martinez, but the age gap is a little bit too much too. So right now my lean is towards Martinez, guys. It's just that I think Day's a lot more underrated than people think. And watching his fights again, the guy's fun fighter to watch. You should see fight, fight, watch the fight with Marlon Vera, Cole. He did really well against a guy like Marlon, who's a top guy right now. So he's not bad. He's just, you know, he doesn't fight, Cole. So that's the problem. How you're gonna talk about my boy Dangerous Davy like that? He just doesn't fight that often, you know. And and also the la- the level of competition has been pretty low, I think, Cole, overall. Mm-hmm. Um, although Martinez is honestly hasn't been great either, Cole. You know, so I think it's actually a tougher test than people look uh, on paper. It might look. That's what I think. But yeah, Martinez should win the fight. Over two and a half is juice, though, Cole. So I, I'd rather look at the under and take a shot on, on, a, on a, maybe on a finish in this fight potentially. Um, because both guys have been have knockout power, as you've seen, but I think they both can get hurt too. So interesting fight. Charles Jordan against Marcelo Rojo, Cole. Uh, right now we got Jordan minus two sixty, Rojo plus two twenty. What do you think of this big line on Jordan? It's like in his last fight, he proves he can't back it up. Like I don't really think you can bet on him this big of a favorite. Like I do think this is a setup fight for Charles Jordan to get a win. I think the UFC likes him. He has an entertaining style. Like they need more fighters from Canada. Uh, they kind of like the Des Green fight. Obviously, that's off a of weight class, short notice. Just get into the UFC. Then he looks really good against knocks out Du Choi. The split against Andre Feely, like, that was a really close fight. Could have gone either way, and that's proving he can hang with the top guys. But then he has that draw against Joshua Kulabau, which was 
what this fight I think was supposed to be just a setup fight for Jordan to get back in the win column and probably get some good finish. But with Rojo, like I don't really understand why he got to the UFC. Like he hasn't fought since September of 2019 and he's one and two in his last two. And he got submitted against John Castaneda in Combate America. It's like mm-hmm. he he has a problem. You look at his career where he gets submitted. Like he I think he struggles with the ground. So hear me out. What about Charles Jordan? by submission what's the odds i i've heard people talk about this actually uh jordan by sub, inside a distance only it's plus 150 we don't have a sub prop yet but i imagine it'd be like plus three or four hundred because this guy is a terrible ground game which is why i don't know what like that yanni barcelos fight would have been a beat down if roho took that but yeah i just think jordan is a better striker i think he's a better grappler like even though he struggled with cool about his grappling like i don't think roho is a good grappler and on the feet jordan's a much powerful striker much more technical striker like I think this is Jordan, probably Jordan inside the distance. Yeah, I want to get those comments. I just see them, guys. I'm going to get to them in a second. Um, I'm, I'm kind of with you on this. I lean a little bit towards Jordan. Watching his fights back, the guy, the, the version, the TKO version of him was just an incredible fighter, Cole. The fight where he knocked the guy with the spinning back fist, that was just absolutely insane. So what he did, in, if you go watch his fights in TKO, unbelievable. He's struggling in the UFC, man. He really has. He's got great striking, guys. He's got knockout power. We saw him against Andre Feely. He dropped him. His chin's a little bit weak, Cole. I think Josh Kulabout dropped him in his last fight. Although, to be fair, he didn't see it coming. He was spinning around at the time where he hit him. I just think that he can get dropped. Uh, I think Du Choi also dropped him. So defensively, not sound. That's a problem, Cole. That's that's my issue with this fight because this Rojo guy. If you wa- I actually watched his fights, I'm like, you know what? On paper, yeah, he's not that good. I watched his fights. Just like John Castaneda a few weeks ago, guys. One and two coming into his – or he was one and two, right? Coming into his – see, this guy's two and one, Cole. And everyone's like, John Castaneda sucks. His record sucks. Watch his fights, guys. Like, this guy's actually very aggressive, entertaining. He's pretty well-rounded, man. He's got some power on the feet. He's got some submissions. I do think the submission on the ground is a weakness, though, if you can get planted on his back. I think this fight's going to stay standing, though, Cole. I, I, yeah, I mean, Daniel's saying he likes the under. I think someone might get finished, too, guys. I don't know if this is going to go three rounds. So, what is it at? Uh, I'm guessing it's two and a half. It's, it's even money. I mean, that that's actually – I would rather bet on a finish, Cole, than betting on a side here. And I know that, yeah, Jordan's been going in the distance, but Cole, I'm telling you, man, this might be the one where someone gets stopped, especially with Roe coming on short notice, yep. too. So um, my lean is Jordan. I just think that you got to look at the Roe side a little bit, guys, um, more. Don't just blindly get bet against Jordan. I don't think I'm going to bet on Jordan in this fight. Nevro, a guy who's really smart, he says, Rojo's my dog pick. Jordan can get this up, but I think Roe by decision, more experience, but he has the UFC grits where Jordan shouldn't have. Yeah, he's actually a pretty good fighter, man. So don't, don't, just, don't just blind. Everyone's going to do it anyways, but... Don't just blindly put Charles Jordan in your party, especially after last time, Cole. I'm staying away from this guy for a little while because he proves to me he's, he's made those differences in his game. Now, I want to get these comments from the last fight. I missed them. Oh, sorry, from John, actually. Hey, John, and I want to talk about you in a second, John. He said, I would take my chance with Rojo. Dude has nothing to lose. He's fighting up a weight class. Yeah, that's true, too. Under's better. Grant will go for it. I think, oh, that's the Grant fight. And then Never was talking about, he said, Martinez is great, but Grant's underestimated. I agree, dude. He really is. He actually is very underrated when I watch these fights again. Very underrated fighter. Um, John, I was going to say, man, watching your interview with Trevin Jones last week helped tip me off and picked him, bro. Thank you, John. Great interviews. Cole, you do great interviews. John does great interviews. James, I, I know the best I know the best interviews. They're my best friends in the game, man. I love it. So, and I just watched your interview with Philippe Lindsay, John, by the way, this morning. And we're going to talk about that in, in a few minutes here. Um, what's the next fight, Cole? Let's get to it. It is uh, – okay, Ronnie Young and Ray Rodriguez. 
you interviewed Ray and so did John, and I've seen both your guys' interviews. So um, we'll talk about this fight, Cole. Uh, odds right now, Ronnie is a massive favorite, minus 290, and Ray Rodriguez plus 245. Can the dog get it done, Cole? What do you think? I think the odds are way too high. Like, if you're going to take a bet, I think it's Ray Rodriguez with your bet. Like, I, Randy Yaya, like, I think everyone's kind of looking at Ray Rodriguez's last fight where he got submitted by Brian Kelleher. Short notice. Like, that was another situation where, remember that where Ray Rodriguez came in on, like, Wednesday. They're saying he's going to make his debut. And he was supposed to fight, what, Kelleher's supposed to fight Kevin Vad, And then Friday he weighs in, and they're like, all right, you no longer need it. Then Saturday morning, all of a sudden, Ray Rodriguez gets called. He's like, all right, now you're fighting. Like, he wasn't, he was sort of preparing. He wasn't really preparing for a fight and then gets tapped out with Randy Yaya. I think that's why the Lions won't play it. I think everyone thinks Randy Yaya is going to go take him down and submit him. But Randy Yaya at this stage of his career, like, he's old. Like, he's 36. Like, he's slowing down. Like, if he can't take Ray Rodriguez down, I wouldn't be surprised if he submits him. I wouldn't be surprised if Ray Rodriguez knocks him out. I'll pick Ray Randy Yaya because I think he is the better grappler. I think he can get this fight down to the ground and either submit Ray Rodriguez or win a decision. But I, there's no way you can bet Randy Yaya. The kid is really dog or pass for you betting this fight. Yeah, this one is uh, it's just like the Jordan fight. I wouldn't blame the juice on, on Yaya, guys. And again, I watched all those fights and uh, I watched Ray Rodriguez's yesterday. So Yaya, obviously, if he gets the fight to the ground, there's a very good chance, especially for Cole in the first round, he gets the submission. There's no doubt about it. Quite frankly, I would rather play him inside the distance at minus 115, Cole, than lay the juice. Um, if that's the way you're going to go, or maybe by sub. Because I think that's his path here. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't get the sub, Cole, I think he's going to have a hard time winning this fight, to be completely honest with you. Um, this is a much closer fight the odds indicate, guys. Ray Rodriguez, he has a bad record, obviously, if you look at his UFC stats page. He lost to Tony Gravely in Contender Series. He lost to Brian Keller in his debut, like Cole said, on short notice. But, you know, guys, he, he destroyed Jimmy Flick. Absolutely destroyed him. Jimmy Flick could not get the takedown and got pieced up on the feet. What happens here if Yaya doesn't get the takedown, Cole? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, Ray could just destroy him against the fence with knees and punches. He's, he's the bigger guy, stronger guy. Um, he's got a good ground game too. This, it's just the problem is what he does good with the submissions and stuff is what Yaya does good on too. So it's a, it's a, it's a tough fight to call. I think, the, I think it should be two to one to Yaya, not three to one. Yeah. I think he deserves to be the favorite. He has tons of experience in the UFC. His last fight with, with uh, um, Barzola, though, was very telling, in my opinion, because if you watch the fight, and I think that John talked about it within, uh, in his interview, and you might have too, Cole, he really slowed down in the third round. Mm -hmm. And we got, Daniel said, a few guys saying, Ray, third round TKO, I think it's possible, too, because he held on for dear life, and I think Ray does have the better cardio. It's tough, though, guys, because Ray could easily get choked out in the first minute of this fight, too, as we saw against Kelleher. So, because he does leave his, he leaves his neck out a lot, and he, and he likes to initiate grappling as well. So, yeah, it's a tough fight, but, you know, for me, I'm passing on Yaya for sure. And I'm thinking about Ray, but I don't know if I want to even touch this fight, Cole. It's one of those ones where it's dog or pass, I believe, but I might just pass. What's the under, though? Because, yeah, under, oh, it's under 1.5. That sucks. It is, it is plus money, though. So, that's interesting because probably finished in the, early on, but again, if Yaya, you know, could just hold on, maybe Ray can finish him in the third round when, uh, you know, he's got more cardio. If it goes to the ground, Vet takes. The only thing is the Vet slows down after the second. He slows down a lot, man. Third is bad for Yaya. He looked so bad in the last fight in his third round. He looked so bad. He held on for dear life. He actually lost uh, the fight 10-8. So I saw one interview with Yaya. Some guy interviewed him on YouTube. Um, wasn't the, I, don't want, I don't want to talk bad about the guy, but it really wasn't a great interview. No offense to the guy. Um, he barely asked him about this fight. I think he asked him one question. But basically, Cole, he said – you know, I had a bad performance my last fight. I'm going back to my roots here. He just wants to wrestle, guys. So I don't think he's going to stand and bang with Ray. And I think he did that too much for Barzola. He's going to go for the takedown. 
you know, but we'll see. I mean, I just think the line's way too juiced. It's way too juiced. And if you don't do your research on this card and you just blindly look at it and look at their stats and you think, hey, Ray Rodriguez sucks, cool, because he lost to Keller in 30 seconds or whatever, you know, you don't know the circumstances for that. You know, it looks like an easier fight to predict than it is. This is another one where it's definitely a dog or pass, guys. I'm with John. There's a lot of Broho, um, Rodriguez, Cole. Do you think Rojo is dog or pass, Cole, that fight, or is it favorite or pass? I think it's dog or pass, too, but I wouldn't bet Rojo, so it's just a complete pass. Oh, I, of course, of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm passing it on, too. And then Grant Martinez, what do you think? Dog or pass or favorite or pass? I like Martinez, though. I don't really like I understand. Yeah, I, no, I know Mar your thing. Yeah. I maybe do Martinez's decision. He should win. Maybe look at that prop, like Cole said. I'll take the under 2.5. It says 1.5, but maybe another book will open at 2.5. Um, hey, remember any unders hit Vegas 20, all but one of 10 fights. The overs you mean, I think, right? Uh, uh, no, sorry, are you Vegas 20. Was it Vegas? Like, I can't remember. The card yeah, was that's... uh that's the Blades card he's talking about, right? Was that no, 20 that's gone Rosenstruck where that went, everything went over then? Yeah, just, everything went over. You meant the other one, man. I think you meant the other one around. Um, anyways, cool. What's the next fight? Uh let's go to it. Courtney Casey, JJ Aldrich. Right now, Aldridge minus 150, Casey plus 130. Thoughts? I like JJ Aldridge here. Like, I just don't really know how good Courtney Casey. I don't really know how good either girl is. Like, obviously, JJ Aldridge went on that winning streak, but look who she's beating. Like, Sean Moon Jen, Daniel Taylor, Paulina Viana, I guess, is an okay win. And then loses to Macy Barber that first round. I was surprised she dropped Macy Barber, like, first time anyone did that. But then she just kind of got, like, overwhelmed. Beat Lauren Mueller, then a split against Sabina Mazo, which was a close fight. But it, I don't really know how it, at the time it looked good that she went to a split. But after what uh, uh, Alexis Davis just did to Mazo, like maybe it isn't as good. But with Courtney Casey, like she gets really hard. She either gets controlled grappling or she does the grappling controlling, which is so weird. Like she, like Jillian Robinson just controlled her, but then she uh, gets uh, Smith Mario Rumpel, Cindy Cabello controlled her. Like that. She has a lot of close fights. Look at her career. She has just a bunch of split decisions where her career could have gone so many different ways if she gets one of those. But I like Jay Jaldis here. I think Jay Jaldis can keep it on the feet. I think she's a much better striker than what Courtney Casey is. I think she'll just pick apart Courtney Casey. I don't see a finish happening. I don't really think Jay Jaldis has that knockout power. So I think Jay Jaldis wins by decision. Yeah, and just once again, you know, these are leans for me right now because, so, like John said, those dogs, I actually might take a few of those dogs in my official picks by Sunday, Cole. Like, if Ray Rodriguez looks way bigger in the scale, I might take him over at Yaya. I'm thinking about it. Um, you know, Cole, for this fight, I like Aldrich too, man. Um, again, watching them back, Aldrich is actually very underrated, guys. Uh, she's got really good striking. She's a southpaw. She stays in a, a good Muay Thai stance. She's got great clinch work, good knees from the clinch, good straight left. She did really well against Macy Barber. She won the first round, and then – like you said, Cole, she got hit with some really big power shots from Macy. I just don't think Casey has that kind of power in her hands. She's never shown any power in the UFC. She's a very tough, durable person. I think this fight does go the distance, I would say. But I think Aldridge's pieces are up, Cole. Um, unless Casey can get this fight to the ground, pull guard, or somehow Aldridge gets her to the ground and she gets an armbar for her back. Because Aldridge actually, um, you know, she's pretty good on top position, but she could get caught in submission. And uh, Casey's great off her back, Cole. That's, her, that's one of her best things. But that's such a problem in modern-day MMA, guys. Actually, not even say modern-day, Cole. The last 10, 15 years. If you're on your back, you're almost always losing the fight, according to the judges. So if this could easily be a split decision that goes against her, too. The judges are likely to be involved here, guys, which does make it tough because you never know what they see. And the overs, wow, the overs minus 470. You obviously have to play a side here. I like Aldrich. I would like to get her at a pick and price, though. I don't know if I want to lay minus 150. Is that a bet from Cole or more just like a lean? 
No, I'm actually, and I don't really trust either of them with my money, unfortunately. Yeah, I know. I, I agree with that, too. This is probably going to be a pass for me, I'm, I, but I, I'd rather look at Aldrich here because I think, you know, she's a much younger fighter, obviously, in the spot. Trains at a good camp. Um, Casey, where is she even training? I mean, I know she's Dracar Close's uh, girlfriend. They're just, believe, like gym, fiance. they're just like gym floating right now around Arizona. Just I don't like that, though, do you? Like, I really don't like that, you know? And they both had fights, I think, fall through recently. And also, I was on her against Robertson. She didn't put up a fight in that. In that. She didn't fight for a money pool. Like she just kind of was content to stay in bottom and got dominated. So not not really someone I want to bet on, guys. And also her record sub five hundred in the UFC again. Someone you kind of want to fade. Aldrich is a little bit underrated, I believe. Eric Anders, Darren Stewart, Paul. This one's interesting. Um, you got two huge middleweights. I mean, these guys. I don't know how they make eighty five. Paul. They're both massive dudes. Also, uh, Valerie says Casey might miss weight. I wouldn't be surprised, Valerie. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, right now, Cole, we got Stewart minus one seventy-five, Anders plus one fifty-five. I, I, you talked to Eric Anders before this fight, or, yeah. or who? You, yeah, talk to us. What he said to you? Yeah, he obviously switched camps. Like left Alabama, it was just him and Walter. It's a bunch of amateur guys. They realized he's got to take his career a lot more seriously. So he went out to fight ready, which I think it's a great gym. We're working under Eddie Shaw, like Captain Eric, all those guys over there. So I actually like Eric Anders in this fight. I just, it's hard to trust either guy though, but I think I just like the plus money price on Eric Anders. Like, Darren Stewart's a guy that he almost beat Kevin Hall, but both of them were just completely gassed. Like, he beats Mark Tolo, but then that Bartos Bitsy fight, like, I remember that was that Cage Warriors fight, that card that was just half UFC fights basically, and he just kind of got out grappled. I don't really think Eric Anders is going to do that, but I don't think Darren Stewart can take Eric Anders down. Like, Eric Anders is a big guy, he has really good takedown defense. I think on the feed, I think he's a better striker. I think he has he is the more powerful striker, but Darren Stewart has a really good chin. I can't see Darren Stewart uh, getting knocked out. I just think Eric Anders will just be able to have the more volume, land the bigger shots, and just kind of win a decision. This one, these guys are very similar fighters. Honestly, yeah. they're both huge, strong dudes. They like to fight in the clinch. They like to fight a range at times. Um, they both have some power. I think Stewart's got more power, though. To be honest with you. It's a tough fight to call. I mean, it really is. I wish the line was like uh, closer because I'd probably have a strong lean towards Stewart here. At minus 175, Cole, I don't think I could play him, but I do lean towards his way a little bit because I think he's a little bit more well-rounded as an MMA fighter, guys. Um, we saw in his last fight, he submitted Mackie Patolo. We've never seen Eric Anders, I believe, get a submission in the UFC. Um, you know, Eric, besides that fight with Tim Williams, I think his name was, he hasn't really knocked anyone out in a while either. The problem with Eric, he likes to follow guys too. You know, if you watch the Elias Theodore fight and the Cheetah fight, Cole, he followed them around and they can, you know, switch their angles and, and, and pick them apart from the outside. And, you know, Stewart, I think, is... I believe, he, uh, actually, no, Andrews has a slightly longer reach, actually, in this fight. That's one inch, I think. It's basically the same. I just yeah. think Stewart fights a little longer, too, Cole. And, you know, Andrews, I like the guy, but I think he's taken a lot of damage in his career, guys. Mm -hmm. And, you know, watching back, like, the fight with Khalil Roundtree, he got just beaten down. The fight with Tiago Santos, holy, that fight is a fucking war. That was a war of attrition, like. It felt like someone was going to die in the octagon that night. Watch that fight again. Cool. Remember when he, he couldn't even yeah. get up from the from the like from the ground at the end of that fight? So unbelievable fight. But I to me, I'm fading him a little bit, Cole. You know, and I think that you know uh, the Holland fight with Stewart was super close. Holland could have easily uh, lost that fight, and if Stewart had beaten Holland. He'd be fighting Brunson in the main event right now. So you know, to me, uh, I think it's a close fight, Cole. But my lean is towards Stewart a little bit. Um, you lean towards an over or an under in this one. The over is minus two, minus two fifteen. Do you think there's a chance for a finish or? I don't think it goes a distance unless somehow one of them. Like the problem is the way DB Tim Stewart is by submission. 
Eric Anders is not going to Yes, that's, that, I was going to talk about uh, his submission defense. It looked really bad at the beginning of his career, obviously, uh, against Marquez and a couple other guys. He looked bad in the ground. But I think he has made those improvements too, Paul, as we saw against Patolo. That was a smaller fighter. So, you know, Patolo and Anders, that's a big weight difference, right? And the Bartos fight, you got to talk about that too. He got taken down at will in that fight, guys. Yeah. At well, and it was at Welter. I can't remember what weight class it was at. I don't even know. Maybe – no, Bartos is a welter who moved up. It was a welter who moved up, and he took him down at will, which does worry me. Although that fight was weird too, though, the circumstances because of COVID. It was moved from a UFC event to a Cage Warriors card. And it's, I don't know if it's considered a UFC fight because it's not on UFC stats, but it was they were paid UFC money. Call. It's really weird how that happened actually. But anyways, I, I lean towards Stewart. Let's get to some other fights here. Uh, Matthias Nicolau, Manel Cape, Cole. Uh, let's get to this one. Manel Cape minus 145, Nicolau plus 125. You think that Cape – uh, can get a bounce back win here. You think uh, Nicola wins his debut or, or return to the UFC? Excuse me, return. Yeah, I like Manil Cat, but it's really hard. Like, I was super high on him. And then that Pantoja fight just disappointed me. Like, he didn't show any sort of urgency to get yep. the win. Like, he was just, he wasn't throwing anything. If he does that same thing, Nicola's going to win this fight. But I do think, like, I don't. I think he's going to come out try to get that first UFC win a lot more than what he was in Pantoja. I think he realized that style is not going to work, but. Uh, Nicolas, a guy that he obviously hasn't fought since um, August, or yeah, uh, yeah, August of uh, 2019. Sorry, but it, it's been a while. Two wins over okay guys since he got released from the UFC, which he never really should have been. One loss to Dustin Ortiz, and he gets uh, cut. But I like Manel Cab. I think this fight stays standing. He's a better striker, but. If he has no sense of urgency and doesn't throw anything, like Nicolau's just going to walk away with a decision similar to what Pantoja did. Yeah, this one is interesting too. Uh, I think Cape, is, I think uh, Nicolau's going to have the same exact problem Cape had in his last fight, in this fight. A long layoff. I think that was Cape's problem, Cole. He hadn't fought in over a year and because of COVID and stuff since his rise. That was his first fight in the UFC. And I watched the fight angle. He lost the first two rounds. He actually did well in the third round, though. He, he started moving forward. You saw the aggression a little bit for Cape. You go back and watch his fights in Japan. The guy's super aggressive, tons of power call. He didn't look good in that fight, guys, but I, I think this could be a bounce-back spot for him. Um, I'd like to get him at a better price than minus 145, though, Cole. If it was a pick him, I would definitely take a shot at him here, I think, because Nikolai was just not that impressive to me, guys. I watched his, his fights since the UFC. The one fight, he did hurt the guy, and then he, I think he knocked him down. He was there a punch or a kick, and then he got him in a dart choke when the guy was on the ground. It was pretty cool. The other fight, though, the last fight he, against uh, Silva, I think his name was. Oh, he wasn't. He didn't look good at all. He just won a decision. It was kind of a boring fight. He got knocked out by Dustin Ortiz with a head kick. He actually had his hand up the block and still knocked him out. So if this Cape guy hits him in the chin, he's going to knock him out. I think that's something to look at here potentially too. Odds are it's going to be a decision call for Cape, but I wouldn't be surprised if he went my knock. But yeah, he's someone I'm looking at. I don't know if I'm betting on him for sure. I'd like to get him at less juice. I'd like to give him a pick and price, but I do think he wins this fight. Next up, we got Angela Hill, yeah, Ashley Yoder. Now, we talked about this fight a few weeks ago, so let's not break it down too much. Depth call. My pick hasn't changed. I still like Hill, but I still don't like the line. Right now, it's it's actually even bigger than we, I don't know how that makes sense, but it's actually bigger now, Cole, than it was two weeks ago. Minus 365 for Angie Hill, plus 305 here for Ashley Yoder. Are you taking a shot on Yoder, Cole? No, but I wouldn't be surprised if she won just using the takedowns. Like, I think Hill's takedown evens has gotten better since that fight, but, like, why is Angela Hill a uh, – three and a half to one favorite like angela hill like people just bet on her because they think she likes her she's not a top 10 strawway like i hate to say it to everyone that thinks she got robbed and she should be like fighting for the belt she's not a top 10 strawway i'd pick pretty much every single top 10 strawway against her 
her wins, like to get those fights, her winning streak was Luma Lukbuni, Hannah Cyphers, Ariane Karanolosi. Like, are any of those wins remotely impressive? I don't really think so. Like, I think she'll just kind of outwork Ashley Yoder, but there's no, like, I wouldn't be mad if someone, like, I think the smart bet is probably put a bit of money on Ashley Yoder and hopefully she just takes her down. Yeah, again, we talked about this a few weeks ago, but, you know, I'm just going to keep this really brief. Yoder has the physical tools. She's taller, longer, better wrestling, but Hill's got the better striking, more volume on the feet, and Hill's takedown defense has improved. So, I mean, really, if you're going to bet on Yoder, you're basically betting on her making that big of an improvement from the last time they fought in her grappling. And the ability to hold her to the ground. I don't know what's going to happen, but it could. It could. So I'm betting on Hill. I'm, I'm staying away from this one. It's dog or pass. To be honest, there's like four or five dogs, big dogs in this course, like plus two, three hundred dogs that could win Cole. Okay, I could easily see Ray Rodriguez winning, um, Yoder winning. You could easily see it too, right? Like like three or four upsets on this one. Um, what about this fight? Here's another potential upset. Um, Gavin Tucker at plus 105 against Dan Ige. What are you thinking of this one, Cole? I really like Dan Ige in this fight. I just, I don't, I like it should be known, I have a terrible time picking Gavin Tucker's fights ever yeah. since that beat down, like, I thought Billy Q was going to be too much. I thought it, I, I did pick him against Justin Chains. I think I didn't, but that Billy Q fight, like I thought Billy Q's cardio would be the difference. And it was Billy Q that was gassing out. Gavin Tucker pushed an insane pace, but uh, Danny Gay just went five hard rounds against Calvin Cater, who was one of the best featherweights. Didn't even seem to really slow down over five rounds. Like he has some good wins. You see, like he has some good striking, good grappling. I think it just, I think this fight stays standing. And I think Ige's just going to have more volume. I think Tucker is the more powerful striker. I think Tucker has the ability to knock someone out. I don't really think Ige does. But I just think Ige will throw more volume, land the better shots, and win a decision. You know, I'm sorry. I, you know what happened? I just saw on, on Twitter, they just released the new rankings. And, and it's exactly what me and Marcel said yesterday, Cole. Israel's still ranked above Yon in pound for pound. He's number six and Yon is eight. That's a joke. Come on. I don't think so. Come on, bro. Yon just beat – he's won Yon nine has one title defense, and Izzy went up in weight. Yon stayed out of Izzy has one title defense. Doesn't he just have one? No, he's two. Costa and, and – Romero. Romero. Oh, come on, Cole. That fight was so bad. Anyways, uh, this fight. Gavin Tucker is a guy that I've had – Cole, I think we're both like 0-5 on his fights, man. Like it's just so hard to pick his fights. The guy that we've seen lately has been amazing, though. I mean, he's dominating his fights. He goes for the takedowns right away. The chin's still such a concern, though, Cole, to me. Um, Justin James dropped him, Cole, in the first round, and he hurt him bad. Um, the Rick Glenn fight, a beatdown. Dan Ige is underrated power, guys. I watched his fights again. He's, he, can, he can knock people out. He's knocked, out, knocked down tons of people, knocked out a bunch. Great submission game. This is a close freaking fight, man. I think this is one of the closest fights in the card to pick. I'm leaning towards Tucker because I do believe in the improvements, but there's a lot to not to like about him here. Like his age, he's, I think he's 35, Cole. You know, he's been around the game for a long time. Dan Ige is an underrated guy who's usually an underdog in his fights and wins. So it, he's like a Jan Blahovitz of uh, 145 in a way, Cole. I like, you know, Ige's been a great bet for me. I bet on him a bunch of times against Bar- uh, Barboza, Bactich, a bunch of guys as underdog, but I don't know about this one. This is a tough one to call. My slight leans towards Tucker. I think he does get the takedowns. Um, but man, Cole, if he's, he could easily get KO'd. Maybe that's something you guys look at. You gave a KO, which is something people don't think will happen. Plus six fifty, Cole. But I'm telling you, it could happen because he has power. Ben Rothwell, Philippe Lynn. Speaking of power, we got the big boys here. It's a pick. I'm minus one ten each, guys. Who do you like, Cole? Oh, I guess I'll go with Ben Rothwell just to kind of hold up. Philippe Lynn's against the cage. Went up 
pretty grinding out decision. Ben Rothwell, like he has those spurts where for like 15 seconds he just throws haymakers, then he gets tired, and he just pushes up his opponent against the cage and just kind of tries to grind him out. That's kind of what that type of fight was for bits and pieces. Rothwell was looking really good, and then he tires out. Philippe Lenz has probably been one of the biggest busts in UFC history. Like, wins the PFL tournament, everyone has somewhat high hope, and then he loses to Orlovsky, gets knocked out by Bozer. I think Rothwell will just land the better shots, use his size, just kind of hold Lenz up and win a probably a pretty boring decision. I, I like Rothwell a lot in this fight. Are you kidding me? Minus 110 on Ben Rothwell? Philippe Lenz stinks. He's really bad, guys. I watched his fights again. He's looked horrible in the UFC, so inactive, doesn't do anything. Um, the guy in PFL, this is not the same guy. It's a completely different fighter. The guy in PFL would have beat a lot of guys in the UFC. This is not the same guy. The guy that we've seen in the UFC has been terrible. I watched John's interview with him this morning, and you know he said the right things. But to be honest, bro, he said everything that you know. I like Ben Rothwell. He's like, yeah, Ben's a guy. You, he's basically like Ben has an iron chin. You can't knock him out. He's literally impossible to knock out. You cannot knock out. How is how does Lynn win this fight? Tell me. He wins it on points. Cool. He's done nothing to, to to tell me that he can actually throw volume. If you look at Ben's fights, he beat OSP last year, by the way, who's a very comparable fighter, very similar size, outpointed him, won a split decision. The fight with Tabura, he slowed down late, he got taken down the third round, but he actually won the first round and actually did okay in that fight. I, I just think he's got he's got way more experience. He's got better submissions, I think, on the ground. Um, he's so underrated in general. Ben Rothwell's been an amazing bet for me for a long time, Cole. He's always like a pick em price or dog money, Cole, because you look at him, you're like, Ben Rothwell, like whatever, right? But are you kidding me? Ben, this is a gatekeeper fight to see who decides to stay in the UFC. I think Ben knocks out Philippe Wins in this fight, Cole. I think this is going to be a first-round KO. Um, just like the Stefan Street fight, or the second round, I guess. But uh, Ben by KO, plus 300. Not bad. I mean, he could win decision two, so I wouldn't like go crazy. And what's the decision prop? Ben by decision. Uh, where is that? Ben? I don't even see it. Ben Rothwell wins by decision. Oh, okay, plus 280. How about Rothwell in round one KO? What's that? Plus 600. That's probably his path here. I mean, you could win a decision though too. Anyways, you guys know I like Rothwell. So let's move on to the next fight. Sirkinov, Ryan Span. This is another tough one to call, Cole. Uh, it's basically a pick him here with a slight lean towards Misha. So what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, close fight. I think it really comes down to if it stays standing, Ryan Span wins. If it hits the ground, like can't Sirkinov's man, I'm all lean Ryan Span slightly just because Misha Sirkinov hasn't been act, like too active. Hasn't fought since that UFC Vancouver card in September 2019 when Gaethje knocked out Cowboys. It's been a while. He obviously did beat Jimmy Crew, but there was some the crew came close to finishing him, and he and then he obviously gets knocked out. Uh, Johnny Walker beats Pat Cummins, who okay gets knocked out to Glover Sharon, gets knocked out to Volkan Uzmir. Like I can't trust his chin anymore at this point of his career. I think Ryan Span connects and drops him and finishes him off by TKO. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Serkinov tapped out Ryan Span, but I just can't trust Mika Serkinov's chin at this point. This is for the last fight. I just missed the comment from Dan uh, Daniel says, KO, interesting, Ben Rothwell. I like Ben. I mean, he could win decision for sure, but I mean, it's a heavyweight fight, and he's got tons of power. Philippe Lins does not have a good chin. He's been... I'm telling you also, Cole, like the PFL running had guys, like the guys he beat up are not good fighters, guys. Josh Copeland, Jared Rochelle, these are guys that couldn't make it in the UFC, Cole. I'm sorry, like Alexia Lenick knocked out Jared Rochelle. He doesn't have a good chin. Don't buy that that performance in the PFL. It's not the same guy. Um, this fight is freaking close as hell. I mean, I agree completely with what you said. Misha is amazing wrestling and amazing submissions. Like, incredible. He's proving a necktie, Cole. Like, who does that in the UFC these days? So, he's incredible on the ground. But 
I gotta be honest, Cole, I don't trust his chain at all. Um, he's got a, he doesn't have a great chain, guys. I love Nisha. I don't want to say anything negative about him because he's a great guy. What is you know, wife's been going through mm-hmm. with cancer has been really tough, I'm sure, on him the last couple of years. So, you know, the, that's a problem though. He hasn't fought in a year and a half, Cole. You know what I mean? And again, you know, some people are saying, hey, maybe his chin's kind of healed up a little bit. I don't know, Cole, because if you watch the fights, the the Volcan fight, Cole, he gets hit right here. He was beating Volcan and then gets hit in the ear and went right down. It was like his body turned off. And then Glover to Sheriff fight, Cole, Glover, he was actually doing really well. And then Glover pinned him to the ground and hit him in the head and he was down. And he like, he ta- I watched the fight like 10 times, like the finish, he tapped out the strikes, guys. So that scares me. And um, Johnny Walker fight, I, honestly, guys, he got hit with a flying knee. That would have knocked out anyone, so whatever. Ryan Spann, he also fought Johnny Walker and got finished, but he had a lot of success against Johnny Walker early on. And also... I watched the fight really close. Cole, safes screaming behind the cage. Back yeah. of the head, back of the head. Cool. The, they were all back of the head shots that yeah. hurt Ryan Spann. That fight should have been a no contest. So, or DQ. That should have been a DQ. Um, if he didn't get hit in the back of the head, it would have been a different fight. He was actually working the takedowns. He had a couple of takedowns. He dropped Johnny Walker. The, the Sam Ellie fight is something that really concerned me because he slowed down so late. But I don't think this fight goes past one round. I like under 1.5 rounds. Cool. I think it ends really quick. I think either Span gets a KO or, or Misha submits him. Although Span has good submissions too, but yeah, I'm thinking under high energy today. Yeah, I know. I just had my tea morning tea. No, it was good. I took the day off social media yesterday, guys. I watched the tape on these guys. I'm ready to go. You know, um, Leon Edwards, Blah Muhammad, Cole, finally get to the main event here. What do you think of this line, Cole? We got Leon Edwards at minus two sixty, Blah plus two twenty. Leon, great fighter, great win streak. Hasn't fought since July 2019. Bilal, one of the most underrated guys probably in the UFC welterweight division. What are your thoughts on this matchup, man? Yeah, it's heavy interesting because Bilal Muhammad has looked impressive, but he's fighting low level. Like, <clears throat> not guys that are Leon Edwards, and he's his calf was destroyed. And I wonder how that's going to play factor. Like, I wonder if Leon Edwards just starts to go up to the calf early in the first round because I don't really know how much it could heal in a month because, like, he could barely walk out of the cage, and he's turning around literally four weeks later to fight Leon Edwards. Blah Muhammad is like just a in your face kind of guy. Like he has good cardio, but can he go five rounds? Like that's the big question here. Leon Edwards has proven to go so far five rounds. He's very well rounded, good striking, good grappling. I like Leon Edwards here. I like him by decision, probably just because Leon Edwards doesn't finish a whole lot of guys. And Blah is pretty tough to finish. Like he took all Jeff Neal's shots for three rounds and just kept on going for it. Other than that, that Vicente Luque knockout, he's been very terrible. But I think Blah Muhammad. Is going to make this fight closer. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he wins a round or two, but I think Leonardo, this is Leonardo's fight to lose. Yeah. I, I, I lean towards Edwards, too. You have to, because it's almost like they're, they're kind of similar fighters, actually, in uh, many ways. Like, they're both good at wrestling, both good at wrestling. They're both good at striking. I think Edwards is more durable. I think he's faster, though. Um, I think that uh, he's got more knockout power. The law is no knockout powerful. That's a big problem, I think. He's a great fighter, though. I, I got to be honest, watching his fights back, man, he's impressive, Cole. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did win, though. I got to be honest, because he does have the wrestling, you know, and he's got a great double leg. Edwards is good wrestling, really good wrestling, I think, especially for a British fighter, which everyone says don't have good wrestling. He's got really good wrestling, but he has been planted on his back before. And, you know, I watched the Donald Cerrone fight back, Cole, which kind of reminds me of this matchup a little bit. Um, the kicks are different, obviously, but, like, just, you know, Bilal is very durable like Donald is, and Donald actually had some success in that fight with some takedowns and stuff, and it was a close fight, 48-47. It's just that... Edwards is just sharper with his jab. He's got a great jab, Cole. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he does have a little bit of KO power. We saw against Seth Kaczynski, um, I think, seven or eight years ago in his debut, or his second fight in the UFC. 
I've been great at picking Edwards fights throughout his career, guys. I've, I think I've picked almost every fight of his correctly, including his debut against Claudio Silva. And I picked Silva as an underdog. Everyone thought it was crazy that night. That guy was that guy's an underrated fighter too. But, uh, you know, I think it's a little bit closer than maybe the line indicates, but I still lean towards Edwards. So probably by decision, Cole. It wouldn't surprise me, though, if he did knock him out. Like Daniel says, Bilal's tough. He's very tough, but, you know – uh, Vicente Luque was able to knock him out cold. Uh, Alan Juban dropped him three times in their fight. It was an absolute beating he took in that fight, Cole. That kind of reminds me of this fight. Alan Juban and, and Leon Edwards are kind of similar, although Juban throws more kicks. But yeah, my lean toward Edwards. Again, my bets are going to be at, uh, and, and my DFS plays, Elite Fantasy on Friday. Got my full article coming out. Killed it last week. You know, all the extra, I look at, I look, I'm looking at uh, breaking down these cards now, Cole. It's like studying for an exam. Like I'm, you know, you're trying to get, it's like, yeah, it's like a yes or no exam and I'm trying to get yes or no. Right. And I'm trying to get more rights than wrong. So I was really happy with, with uh, all the work I put in last week. Yeah, you guys saw it with Jan, with, uh, with Trevin and a few guys. So we'll see. Um, Bilal, uh, Valerie says Bilal's on one leg, maybe Kale for and He could do it. I think Bilal could make this tougher. Like it wouldn't surprise me if there's, for some reason, this just reminds me of that fight with Frankie Edgar and, and Pedro Munoz a few years, like last year, cool, where it's a similar line, almost the same line. I remember it was a close fight that just Blaw just edged out by split decision. Like, would you be shocked if Blaw edged out a split decision, Cole? Would you? So, yeah, it's a tough one. Anyways, I think that's it for today's show. We've got a couple minutes left, Cole. So, why don't you, uh, why don't you plug your, your stuff, man? What do you got coming out this week and, and coming up? Yeah, my show this week is Dan Ige, Eric Anders, Jonathan Martinez, Jason Witt. Um, also, all those. I talked to Ray Rodriguez, fighter picks for the main event. Uh, I talked to Elias Theodoro because he's making his uh, big return this Saturday and rise in the Canadian promotion. So everything else is always on my Twitter, though. That's awesome, Cole. And, and like, where are you? Where else are you working now, Cole? Besides uh, the place you just mentioned, quite a few. So sports betting Dom, I do the UFC previews there, MMA news, my MMA news, BJ Penn. Um, quite a few, honestly. Like it's just some of them are just like one article, so it's really not that much. But yeah, I'm keeping busy. That's good, Cole. And, and hopefully you can join us in the chats, man, going forward. You know, yep. we, we obviously want you there. Um, follow me on Twitter at Adam Martin, guys. I actually got a lot of followers the last couple of days from the Dan Hardy thing, surprisingly. So that's pretty good. Um, welcome, you know. Uh, guys can follow me there. Starting next week, again, the podcast is changing times to 4 p.m. Eastern. Thursday, I'm, this week, uh, AJ Shula is going to join me at 10 a.m. So that's the last 10 a.m. show. And then it's going to go to 4 p.m. Eastern starting next week. Uh, like I said, I'm starting the full-time editor job at BJPen next week, so I'll be working, you know, it's, actually, it's Monday to Friday, but I'm also working Sunday. I'm working basically every day. But honestly, with COVID and stuff, cool. Like, we can't go anywhere anyway, so I'm, and my kid's coming in five months from now. i got five months to do this. When the kid arrives, it's going to be different, but uh, for now, it's, you know, it's a grind, Cole. It's every day. You know, we're busting our chops here, guys, but we're trying to do a good, good job for you guys, and, you know, if you guys are tuning in the podcast every week, I'm sure you, uh, you're enjoying it, so I really appreciate it. we got a lot of regulars here, um, and we love it. But again, you know, I just want to say thanks to Cole, man, because I started the podcast in May 2019. It was just me. Nick's like, hey, do a, do a daily do instead of your daily news article, do a daily podcast. So I was like, come on, Nick, I'm not good on camera. I'm gonna suck on this. And two years later, I feel like I'm actually really good at this now. And I feel like Cole is really good at this now. And I think we've both really improved in it. I think if you go back, Cole, and you watch the first time we did it together, Cole, and you watch to now, it's gonna be night and day, man. So Anyways, thanks, Cole. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, guys, Twitter at Martin, djpen.com, mmaoddsbreaker.com, the home of the podcast, Elite Fantasy, Elite Betting. Where else am I working, Cole? Fanatics Fantasy. I got a piece on Bilal Muhammad coming out this week. 
Um, what else? Uh, my MMA news as well. So check all those places out, guys. Have a great day, and I'll be back Thursday at 10 a.m. Peace.